everybody. We are rolling. Um, so it's kind of hard to express how cool this is and how meaningful it is that all of you are here. Um, it's hard to believe that we just, Jordan and I were just talking about where did this idea come from? And we were just hanging out one night playing uh, with uh, some new tunes that we're working on. And, and I guess it just came about. And here we are. Hit us. Hit us, and now it's here. We've done it. We (laughs) manifested it. Yeah, it's true. And here you are. Uh, So thank you so much for coming. I really appreciate it. Uh, My daughter's in the audience. My wife's in the audience. I got friends and family and colleagues and partners and clients and my business coach. And this is incredible. Um, So I'm I'm not going to spend too much time on that, but I did want to tell you all how amazing this is. Uh, The owner of the building is here. Thank you, Scott. Uh, This place is amazing, the Florida Nest here in St. Pete. So how cool of a place to do all this. Um, And the dudes, the PM Tiger dudes. The dudes. Uh, This is one of my favorite bands in the world. I'm a little (laughs) biased because I know them because when my wife and I moved to Florida in 2018, I had to find a band. I had to find a band and I had to have a baby eventually. There she is. And uh, I found these guys, and I was their drummer for two years about, and it was, the, it was one of the biggest pleasures of my life, and it still is because we continue to be able to jam, play music, be friends. I get to support them and their amazing journey. Uh, if you haven't checked these guys out, they're absolutely incredible. And uh, so I just, number one, want to get it out there that you guys will, will see that, and uh, you will know how incredible they are. Um, they have some upcoming shows that they'll talk about too. Um, but you guys want to just like dive in Let's and, uh, maybe get my daughter from being on stage there. She just wants to be here with us. <laughs> We're not quite sure what's going to happen on the, she live. wants to meet PM tiger too. She does. Goodness. Um, well, first of all, thank you for all of the kind words, Josh. Um, it was a pleasure having you in the band. It's a pleasure having you as a friend. Glad that we can link back up and do something else, PM Tiger now. So Yeah. And also Jordan is our audio director of Name and Creative as well. So he will be producing this podcast. He wrote the music for this podcast, and we're producing other people's podcasts. It's true. So it, he is a talented gem alongside his brother and John. Um, and I, I wanted to just uh, really quick, so they know context, if you could go down the line, just say who you are and what instrument you play in the band. I'm Josh, and I play the keys, and I'm his brother, and that's who I am. <laughs> I'm John, I play guitar. I'm not related to them, but... Uh, but well. he's one of my best friends. I am Jordan, and I am the lead singer um, of the band. He also shreds on guitar, so... I have some favorite songs. There will probably be some inside jokes, but I've I've heard songs that probably won't be released for many years. Or ever. Or ever. Yeah. But man, are they good. So true. So true. You've heard them all. The one that you just referenced, he hates. I know. John. One of my favorites. And honestly, that's the beauty of your guys' music because... It's so diverse that the people within the band can also be really attached to it or not. And I think it, you're able to reach more people because of the diversity of that music. So there's, there's something very special that you guys are on to. Um, but I want to reverse back 
how what how did this band get formed where where did pm tiger come from Oh goodness, all the way back to the beginning, Peachtree City. Peachtree City, Georgia, and our parents, have, if you guys are familiar with Frogs, front room over garage, that's where it all happened in Georgia. We are in the Frog. Jordan had some songs written with no vocals, and I had barely any music background, and I was like, what if I sang on those songs, man? That'd be cool. And then we came up with some singing, and then we played some open mics, and we were like, whoa that feeling i had never performed before he had been in other bands and it was just like whoa dude we got there's something to this i have to butt in and give a little bit of information about that first show that we ever played the open mic night so he was singing uh josh i was playing guitar these were those songs that weren't really fully written definitely not pm tiger-esque songs yet but we played a show to a bar restaurant Filled, filled Dude, maybe with like people. one or two hundred people. It was really <laughs> and packed upon out. each ending of the songs, zero applause, <laughs> zero noise, <laughs> literally nothing except for like clinking of people eating and not liking Dude, whatever they. Heard. We were so nervous before the show, but like, I wasn't nervous when I was up there. It was just so interesting to be like in that awkward moment. I thrive off of awkwardness, so it was just like. People were like making weird faces because like what we were singing about and like uh, it was not because Peachtree City is just like not the same vibe as us. It, it's, it's like a bubble conservative ever... Georgia. Like it's mm-hmm. just a little different, you know, a little different than what you know, look at us. We're tattooed, long haired dudes. So they already were looking at us like, what the heck? And then we go up there and sing a song called What the Hell? And then they're like, what are you? And like, <laughs> Quite literally yeah. repeated yeah. that name yeah. in their response. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, that um, the nerves turned to excitement, and that sparked something, sparked the beginning of something that has blossomed into whatever it is now. So yeah, and I didn't sing really anymore except backup vocals. He became a singer. Then I learned how to play keys. Then we got Max from Florida. We got him from Florida because he knew them from high school. They were dry. Well, Max was living in the Frog with us, actually, kind of bumming it on Max, the sofa. Max uh, was the original bass player. Yeah, for and Tiger. then John would drive up on the weekends like seven hours to come practice. <laughs> and we didn't even have a drummer. It was just an idea. And then, yeah, and then we all decided to move together to Florida, me, Max, and Jordan. And then he already was in Florida, and then we found him on Craigslist. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had a band, man. And then we started playing shows, and, like, quickly we're getting, like, opening gigs at Crowbar for, like, some big bands. And yep. it was like, whoa, dude. Is it? Am I right that you posted the ad looking for a band on Craigslist almost directly after you moved down here? Yeah. It was very quick. I was like, I can't not play music, so I'm doing something about if it. If that's not the universe, I don't know what is. <laughs> we actually found our other drummer on Craigslist, too. Craigslist <laughs> is really good, man. It yeah, works. For musicians. It works <laughs> for musicians. Well, yeah. 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 It was immediate, too. I mean, uh, we, we took a phone call. It was a long phone call, but I was like, these guys are awesome. Um, there's something a- about you. Uh, and you sent me... When he originally, uh, Jordan, I was texting him, and he goes, can I send you a couple songs? And blip, blip, a couple songs come in. I'm like, whoa, dude. And he goes, can I send you a couple more? And I'm like, okay, sure. You have a couple more already? And it's like, blip, blip, blip. And then he's like, can I send you some more? Literally just kept dumping songs. He had so many. They- Little did Josh know at the time that there was a catalog of like almost 200 songs already. <laughs> so I was just kind of giving him some, you know. 
a little taste. Some highlights. <laughs> a little taste. Some highlights, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, it, I mean, how special. Also, the fact that brothers can be in a band. I mean, when, when you're in a band, you become brothers, even if you're not blood-related, mm. as John and I have felt. But you guys being brothers, what's that like, being in a band together? <laughs> um, who has siblings out there? All right. So it's a lot like being in a artistic pro project with your sibling. Um, there. That is what it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which it, it's it's a lot like that because if you think about it and you have siblings, you're gonna butt heads, you're gonna disagree, you're gonna get along sometimes, incredibly, and sometimes you're not. Yeah. And uh, it's got its ups and downs, but truthfully, I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, man. Like, it started out like growing up with Jordan. He started playing guitar. What when you were like twelve or thirteen? Nine nine and like so I kind of played trumpet for a little bit and piano for a little bit but never really did much with it always been like musical but not really pursuing it and then seeing him like be amazing growing up and then it's like oh, I'm never gonna start because I'm the older brother and like I'm always gonna be worse than the younger brother I don't know it was always like this weird thing and then I just started playing and like at first he didn't even want me to be in the band because I've never played before but I learned all the parts and it was cool and then now it's like turned into this whole thing what seven years later since we started all of this and like we've gone through ups and downs of communication struggles and arguing like we even wrote a song about how like he used to be able to cut the tension with a knife like I can't really describe it except for that like we would get in these arguments but it if you're in the room, you don't necessarily, you can feel it. Like, oh, but now we've gotten so good at communicating and it's like, it's honestly turned into such a beautiful thing. It's pretty cool. It used to be really bad. <laughs> there was some yelling. There was some yelling and some arguments. And that some have storming gone. out on practices. Oh, absolutely. That's a no-go anymore. Yep. yep. Now it's not even close to that. It's just like so much love and like, do we even, we don't, it's constructive arguing now. It's never like call, name calling yeah. or We don't disagree the same way that we used to, where we'd be like too hard headed to actually listen to each other or take in new information. And now we're, we're definitely different there. So Also, that's the progression of communication with really like any entity, whether it be music or if you're collaborating um, in, in a business. You know, like as you progress, you get to understand each other more and you can communicate more effectively. The same with like a relationship. You get to know one another and, okay, well, this is how we can get past this. And also getting past those things more and more, you learn from those and you actually don't then have to hash that out anymore because you've already done that. So there's a progression there too. Very but true. I think with any band, there's, it's like, I, I always say it's, it's like if five dudes were painting one painting and they all had different size paintbrushes and different acrylics versus watercolor everybody's trying to make it look good all at the same time how hard is that it's ridiculous mm. it's not easy yeah that's that answer <laughs> and something about it not easy is when you see them play tonight when you see musicians that you love play it's it they make it look easy that's something that's special uh, is when you know someone's pro <laughs> sometimes when you're shredding you get yeah but other than that, when you know when you know your stuff, it's it makes that person makes it look easy, and there's something very special to that. Um, so we'll all experience that together tonight and watch them make it look easy. And honestly, in this environment, stripped down acoustically is harder 
because you're not relying on amplification or effects, so it's a raw, stripped down. Dare I say that this is the first ever band acoustic performance ever. <laughs> and for the record, there are five of us, three of us yeah, representing tonight. It's true. But um, yeah, it is our first acoustic thing ever. And honestly, it's the first time playing the songs like this because we had to change all of them a little bit to fit the acoustic vibe. So it's brand new for everyone Special here. for all of you guys <laughs> here tonight. So. Yeah, very special. Um, what does PM Tiger mean, John? Um, paper mache tiger. I came up with the name when I used to drive up to Georgia and their mom has like a bunch of knickknacks and... Like a like a collect like a large collection of weird statues and stuff, and she had a paper mache tiger, and we were struggling to come up with a name, so I said that, and then Max said we should abbreviate it to PM Tiger, and then you kind of got like a dual meaning, so. Mm. Yeah, we had a couple other names at the time. I think we were flirting with uh, Dry Knife, <laughs> and uh, House Clams. <laughs> There's one more also, Attracts Birds, right? Oh, Attracts uh-huh. Birds. Yeah. yeah, that's my yeah. favorite one. Still, like, uh, I always name whatever I'm doing a tracks. House birds. clams is pretty good. All right, uh, nope. house clams is. I like good. dry knife. If we were like a hardcore band, yeah, dry knife. Is sweet. I think when I was in it, uh, and we were thinking about a name for the first full length album. Attracts birds came up as oh the, that popped uh, up because yeah, it's like PM Tiger attracts birds. <laughs> it's kind of kind of funny. Also, the another one was PM Tiger cool album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's they still have, like, a good a skier idea. On the front, that's like a good 80s idea. skier. Yeah. Cool. Or the CD Frozen in Ice, and uh, we were gonna actually physically make that. Cool we had some album. cool names. We, did. we should mean, do neat. that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I yeah. forgot about that. Idea. <laughs> that's cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if I had my drum kit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll add that in later. Just okay. put away in the <laughs> closet so you could like look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so we've kind of talked about the, the surface level a bit. Um, you know, some people in the room have listened to their music. Some people have seen them live. I've played with you, so I kind of know this answer a bit, although I'm sure it's evolved. But can you speak a little about what the songwriting process is like? How do you get from an idea and a concept to the recording that is amazing that we hear on Spotify? Um, It usually starts from myself. Um, I hear everything in my head all jumbled up and I need to get it out quickly. So um, I will usually like record a demo fully, all the instruments, all the parts laid out, however, and then present that to the band, the guys. And uh, it's fully, you know, reworked PM workshop time at that point. And then, uh, yeah, we hit the studio after it's, it's gotten everybody's special little touch on it, you know, so. Yeah, the but and some of the songs like Johnny Law, that was completely written all together, all of our parts separately, even though he came with like that first little guitar riff and singing. Um, and then like the new song that we're working on that we may or may not play tonight, who knows. But that one, uh, him and our bass player like really honed in on that and came up with the parts, which was really cool. And then we've been workshopping it ever since. So it's kind of different. Nowadays, I feel like it is a little more collaborative. It's funny because that's part of our uh, our evolution because it used to just be him writing all of the songs. And I don't know if you guys are familiar, but demoitis is a thing. So you write the song demo and then you listen to it 
500,000 times and share it with Josh Naiman and everybody else. And then you're like stuck on it and that's the way it's gotta be. And then I come in with my new key idea and you're like, nah, dude, that's not how the song goes. <laughs> and I wanna put on guitar parts. Nah, dude, that's not how the song is. And it's like, dude, it's just a demo. It's never gonna be that way. The final version is never gonna be that. And that's something that Jordan's grown so much. He doesn't, he, I mean, he's attached to like the essence of the song, but he's willing to let it grow and change and realize that it is a five person painting. It is, that's what he signed up for. He's not doing a solo project. And that used to be a place where he used to butt heads. And it's so cool to see him grow and be open to ideas. Not necessarily, it's, we want to serve the song the best. So like if my idea isn't better then like, okay, cool. We'll go with the cooler idea. But like, I don't know. It's just like, it's been cool to watch it change and like, you're lucky that we stuck around, man. It's <laughs> been a... <laughs> well, uh, thank you for sticking around, uh, first of all. Second of all, it feels good to have made that change. It's, uh, it's definitely hard. As a songwriter, each song is like your child. You've really... I don't know. It comes from the ether, and then you, you create it, you have it, you listen to it way too many times, and then you become obsessed with the way that you originally heard it or the way that you recorded it originally or whatever. And that doesn't always serve the song the best way that it needs to be. And that's what I've learned over the years that it's, it's not my way or the highway. You know, I may write a demo, but it actually is enhanced by having everybody's hand creatively placed on it. So I did want to work down the line uh, because I think everybody will have an interesting answer to this. I ask all guests this, but you know, sometimes it's an entrepreneur. We've had another band on Discord Theory. But I always like to understand what people's most favorite parts about doing what they do and what's the most difficult part of doing what you do. And so if you could answer both of those. Mm. Favorite and difficult, you wanna go first? Yeah. Um, you go first. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm better off the fly, here we go. Most difficult, I'll start with that, is um, the fact that I haven't been playing my instrument as long as everybody else. So sometimes I get this feeling of like uh, fake it till you make it, like imposter syndrome. Like I am the key player of PM Tiger, but sometimes we're playing like a big show, like we opened for the Plain White Tees one time and it was just like, dude, I'm just like pushing some buttons, like literally on the keyboard. <laughs> like I don't really know how to rip it on the piano, but like, whoa like am I supposed to be here so it'd be kind of funny if we did make it big time because like I'm not like classically trained and stuff and I really did fake it until I made it so that's sometimes a struggle internally and then um the most fun part is doing stuff like this and like interacting with people and traveling and playing shows but it's really when you the first second you step out on stage and we were nervous all month leading up to the show and when you first step out and it's like silent and everybody's looking at you like it's that moment the awkward adrenaline rush for me, that's the part, that's the moment that, and then when you really are shredding and everybody's dancing, it's like, oh, it feels so cool. <laughs> like everybody's into this, like we are, this is sick, you know? Um, so please dance tonight so we can feel that. <laughs> um, if you're just awkwardly sitting here, uh, uh, I don't know. Um, I think my favorite part is working in the studio. I like, I love like, the gear and the equipment and getting the right sounds and songwriting too. So that's always my favorite part is there's something really special about working, especially like collaborating with the other people in the band. Um, that is always what's drawn me to it. The shows are awesome too, but I think 
studio is my favorite. The worst part about it is there's so much work that when I was like 13 and oh, I really want to be in a band, I never thought I would have to make TikToks. Like that sucks. <laughs> I hate doing it. It's not fun. It's not me at least. Um, so that sort of stuff. And then also there's, there's a lot of like small rewards when you do it, you know, or you wouldn't do it, but tangible benefits and like seeing like progress being made towards, you know, all of us would like to do this as a career. We want this. Um, and that's what we've been building towards, but it's, it's very hard to, on the, like an extended time scale, keep that long-term goal in mind and be grateful for the short-term successes. So that can be very difficult too. Um, it's important to think about it like that because otherwise, like that's how people give up all the time. And I don't think we're, we're giving up anytime soon. Yeah. So. We also have this like dream of making it big, but like we're doing it, man. We're playing shows. Like we're doing podcasts. Like, so when we look back on these years, regardless of whether or not we made it big or whatever, we're in a freaking rock band touring, having yeah. fun. Like I'm going to look back in these years. Like what we did it, man. Absolutely. We we did the thing, right? Like we're doing it. So heck yeah. Yeah. It's cool. Didn't hear the question, but I have to assume <laughs> it's what's your favorite part and what's your least favorite part. Um, yeah. my favorite part is definitely songwriting. Um, probably my favorite thing in the entire world uh, to be honest I love writing music I love writing music with them um, it is very special it's very fulfilling yeah that's my favorite part so my least favorite part is wearing all of the hats that I never thought that I would have to wear with being in a band for sure um, and I mean the discord theory boys touched on this as well um, shout out episode three um, but yeah I think the being a video editor, being an actor, being a um, <laughs> social media guru. Yeah, like <laughs> advertisement <laughs> agency for yourself, um, you know, having to push everything, being your own marketing team, having to make everything, push it out, keep it alive, keep it going, and all the different hats that, that actually takes. I would have never ever thought <laughs> that that's what it meant to be in a band but it does and more um it's only evolving as time goes on there are more things that you have to be able to do as an artist to show that you're very well-rounded and can actually do it i feel like professional labels and things are looking for people that know how to already do it themselves successfully so that it's an easy transition into the world of, okay, a lot more work, a lot harder work, but you guys are already doing it. So it's just gonna enhance what you guys are already doing. If you start from nothing, I mean, it's harder to see that the group or whoever that this label would be taking on actually has what it takes to do it. Yeah, so um, it's interesting because you could apply all of your answers to uh, some of the, the business owners that we've had. I mean, myself, it's th those are it, there's such similar threads when you're taking something seriously and going for it in a big way. Uh, Eric Nutting, uh, the growth coach of St. Pete, is is in the audience right now. He was our first guest on the podcast, and uh, you know he had similar answers. Other people had similar answers. Doug Jackson, Discord Theory, uh, Kindness.org. It's it's unbelievable. I feel the same where it's like I, I, I kind of I just want to design and I want to make cool websites and help build businesses. 
I don't want to think about my finances. But luckily, hey, our bookkeeper is here in the audience. <laughs> uh, shout out to Be Smart Accounting, Adam Morris. And he takes care of it. So it is sometimes once you reach a certain point, okay, let's get some help on this so that we can focus on what we do best, songwriting, performing. You know, so eventually I see someone coming in and helping you with your marketing, et cetera. But there's something also special about when someone who isn't normally doing that takes their approach to those things. There's something unique about it. Also, when you're behind the camera and you're the ones making the decision, when, when you guys in the audience would visit their profiles, whether it be TikTok or Facebook, you get like a glimpse of who you guys actually are and your witty humor and your banter between each other and your ideas in a different format of the song. Yeah, you have five inexperienced people making uh, content and <laughs> yeah. that's what you get to see. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. So before this, uh, leading up to this interview, I texted each one of these guys individually and I said, what, what is something I should ask the other guys? <laughs> And uh, so I got some, some interesting insight because they're questions that I wouldn't have thought to answer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the line. You actually are in order of my sheet. Um, so <laughs> I only found out last night that everybody got asked this, by the way. Um, so this will be fun. This will yeah. be a surprise. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, Josh, um, you, you had even talked about it, but you weren't a musician mo mm. most of your life. You, you decided to become a musician to be a part of this to play music with your brother. I'm just wondering what jump-started that thought, you know, before you, you know, what, what inspired you to actually do that? Yeah, I think some other people might be able to relate on this, but like fear can hold you back, man. And my whole life, like watching him excel and wanting to be in bands and like in college, I was in a band for like two seconds, like singing and it was like, I've just never like one or I didn't want to overcome that fear and just do it because like everybody's got to start somewhere who cares if you suck at first like you everybody's gonna suck like it's just what it is you got to be okay with sucking for a bunch of years and then you might be okay for for at some point but like so yeah it was over like it was like that fear and then like Jordan writing this music and then it's just like dude this is really cool and this is my opportunity to get in a band it's like dude if I learn how to play the keys for these songs, can I like perform with you? And he's like, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> yeah, and then I can't, <laughs> and then my first couple tries, like it took a, a minute, but I just like, yeah, that I didn't even know how to play the keys. I just like learned. And now at this point, it's a whole different game, but like, yeah. So it was just the music inspired me to overcome my fear, <laughs> basically. It's awesome. He also just used the opportunity of wanting to do it and bought all professional gear up front and I think that helped jumpstart your motivation to want to like keep going and to, yeah, to practice and learn it. Yeah, he forced himself to commit in the beginning. Was like, ooh, I would love to do something like this. I'm gonna drop two grand on equipment, and then I am going to have to do this. And that, you know, it worked. It worked. In poker, I think they call that pot committed, right, John? Yep. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, all right, John, you rolled up in your Mustang. I don't know if you saw that pretty Mustang downstairs, but that's John's. <laughs> David's like, oh, yeah, I love that. He's seen it. Talk about pot committed. Man. And they, they mentioned, you know, maybe, maybe talk about his Mustang or whatever, um, or if, if you prefer metal versus classic rock. But I think maybe this question will give us some insight into this. But um, someone said, 
Ask, ask John if he could live in one era of time. What would that era be? Uh, definitely, I want to be like 25 in 1969. <laughs> <laughs> I could have called that. Oh, I, I knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there it is. What yeah. about metal versus classic rock? That if is you had rough. to choose. That is a tough one. I, don't, I think I'd have to go classic rock. That's that's what I like. That's why I started playing. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, there would be no metal. Probably, yeah, without, without it. it. True. True. I picked up a guitar because of Led Zeppelin, like playing my grandfather's records. That's why I started playing. But up until this band, I was only in metal bands. I did that for like eight years, I seven years, something like that. A while. A long time. That's all I did, and I love it too. It's a completely different experience to this. There's like more adrenaline, higher energy. The people uh, that go to the shows like can be, get really, really invested into it. There's like a really tight-knit community. And really, really hurt. And they can get injured in. physically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our bass player was at a festival this whole last week. Yeah. He just looks like a Dalmatian. He's got <laughs> he is so bruises all over him. Oh, man. wow. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, Panda. Happy birthday. Love you, buddy. Aw, cool. Cool. I just finally added him on Facebook. I thought it was appropriate. Wow, that's a big step, man. You think he'll add me? (laughs) It's funny. The other day, he was like, wait, Naaman was in your band? It was in the band? He said that last night. We were like, yeah, why do you think we like chill with him? (laughs) (laughs) That's the only reason we hang. It's because I was in the band. You have to be initiated to hang. Genuinely, though, he had no idea. Um, He asked us point blank. He was just like, oh, I thought he was just a friend. He's like, no, that was our drummer for the first two years. (laughs) That's cool. That's fun still discovering stuff about each other. Well, I went to um, uh, uh, a party uh, that your current drummer uh, hosted, and uh, we were hanging out on the porch for a while, and then we went inside, and I was like, wait, are you Panda? And he's like, yeah, like after an hour and a half of being at the <laughs> event. He was, I was just like, oh, there you are. <laughs> so, okay, Jordan, last. Uh, so Josh fed me some good stuff. He goes, ask, uh, ask him about the time uh, Josh... Uh, pulled you on the scooter behind his bike or the time you got attacked by bees oh. or your highlighter skinny jeans and purple Osiris high tops or why you're afraid of lake loons. So many things, yeah. <laughs> but really. Lake loons. <laughs> I want to know, um, he mentioned that you had speech and hearing problems in elementary school and now you're a musician. So I was fascinated by that. Oh, the irony. Are you cool with talking about that? <laughs> Absolutely. So I couldn't hear or talk until I was like six and a half. Um, I had a bunch of, I was at the uh, ENT all the time, ear, nose, throat doctor, uh, getting tubes in my ears, like <laughs> almost 10 times as a kid growing up, a bunch of stuff. Had my tonsils out. I just could never hear as a child, so I couldn't talk either. Um, and I had to take speech classes and get all those tubes in my ears, surgery to get all the water drained and stuff. And yeah, oh, the irony is thick to be a musician <laughs> later in life, but I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm glad that I can hear and talk now. But maybe it's not so ironic. Maybe you like heard music first, like, or like felt vibrations. Totally. And, like, you know? Like, I mean, uh, our parents fed us so much music from like such a young age, from the Beatles to Earth, Wind, and Fire to Chicago to everything in between, and yeah, from I'm sure before I was six, they were playing that stuff. So it's amazing. And shout out to Dave and Crystal. They're 
huge supporters. Mom and Dad. Yeah. <laughs> All right, look behind you guys. There's a piece of paper and a Sharpie. We've reached a new segment of the show. Ooh, what is this? It's a brand new segment. So on that piece of paper, there's the other two people's names. And what I want you to write down is what song you think those people's favorite song of yours is. Out so what's like of PM, of PM Tiger? Tiger? Of PM Tiger. So what's the other two's favorite PM Tiger songs? So it's got to be an official song. That's out. Yeah. It doesn't, I guess it doesn't have to be out. I think that probably makes the most sense, though. Yeah. Okay. Because the other ones don't exist yet. Yeah. I just, really. yeah. Sure. I just want to say this paper is really nice. I think it's recycled. Yeah. It's, uh, it's Shout like out a to walk- this paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can we talk about this paper a little more? <laughs> so I think you're all done. Yeah. How do you want to do it? Let's see. So uh, let's start with uh, Joshua. This is not going to mean anybody or mean anything to people who haven't listened to these songs. But uh, Jordan, I say Mr. Big Shot, most recent release. John, the song Johnny Law. I knew that was, I knew someone would put Johnny Law for you. So are they accurate? Did he get it right, Jordan? Well, don't tell him well, yet. Because yeah, well, let's wait till the yeah, end. Let's wait till the end. end. Okay, deal, That deal, sign deal. meant nothing. So. Okay. <laughs> John. It's not real. Don't read into it. I put uh, Indica for Jordan and Shapes for Josh. Mm. Great answers, man. These um, are all good songs. I, 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 it's a hard question. I yeah. went uh, Shapes for Josh, and I said because of how it was written. And then I said for John... Mr. Big Shot, because of the solo at the end. Mm, I was torn on that one. Yep. Um, all right. How accurate were we? You first. Um, I would say that either Indica or Mr. Big Shot are my two favorites, so you guys both nailed that. Yeah. Nailed it. From what's out so far. From what's out so far. Mm-hmm. How about you, John? Big Shot is definitely my favorite right now. Because the solo? Got it. So you guys <laughs> know each like other well so far. Yeah. You're like two for two. Johnny Law is also cool, but I think... Some of the newer stuff like resonates yeah. with me like more now. Yeah. Is it because of the solo? He rips the hardest solo. Solo's a big bar of the entire world. Yeah. The end awesome. of Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> and Mr. Big Shot is their newest song, and they just released a music video, which is super cool. We did that ourselves. Thank too. you. You produced it yourselves, and we it did. is so cool. I I was like, where's this going? And I was like, oh my goodness. How cool. So I highly recommend you guys check that out. It's like, it's just such a cool story. It really paints a picture. And they, and I knew that they did it themselves before I watched it. And I was blown away. It's, uh, John's the star. John is the star in that one. Check I thought that was a cool Well, let's be touch too. Budweiser's the star. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing a, a Budweiser shirt. <laughs> um, they sponsored it, so. <laughs> yeah. um, we're on our way. Um, They're really rising. But yeah, you guys got mine right too somehow. You both said it. But Shapes is like a weird song. It's not necessarily my favorite because of the way it was written. It's because it's so weird and we keep it in the set and everybody thinks it's weird live and they dance to it in a weird way. And it's like, it's just the weirdest song we have out. It's like, it's weird. Come out, come out to the show on Sunday. You'll see us play it uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. We do have a uh, quick plug show on Sunday. We are opening for a band, uh, two bands, Quarters of Change and Rebounder. We're playing at the Crowbar if anybody wants to come out. It's an earlier um, show, too, so it's not even going to be a late night on a yeah. Sunday. We play at, like, what, 6.30? Yeah, I think the whole show will be wrapped up by, like, uh, 9.30. 9, 9.30. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it shouldn't be too late. Everybody's invited. So. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you guys haven't seen these uh, gentlemen live, my goodness. Um, 
just gems right here. Uh, man. Um, okay. That, was that a cool segment? Did you like mm-hmm. it? Was that yeah, that was yeah cool. I think it was cool. I kind, it's I kind of inside. It. Yeah. I, I never thought about it. I liked yeah. it, yeah. yeah <laughs> it was hard not to tell Jordan like some of my ideas because I was cooking them up, and he's sitting right there next to me, and I'm like... <laughs> oh, you wanted to all day. I but... wanted to really bad. But now we've reached the rapid-fire section. You oh, knew boy. it was coming. Oh, god. You knew it was coming. So, and honestly, I'm, I am going to challenge you a little to do rapid-fire because it's three of you. And so if you all go into like a Doug Jackson tangent, uh, episode two style. Oh, goodness. You know, lawyers tend to talk, but I think you guys <laughs> could keep it rapid. <laughs> all right. So it's just quick answers? As quick as we can. As quick as you can. Don't think about but it. But if yep. you need to, you can expand upon it, but you lose two points mm. for every second. But the I'm points don't lose. matter. Yeah, I don't want to lose any points. <laughs> I'm not trying to lose points. It's though. like whose line is it anyways? You just got 100 points, but remember, the points don't matter. <laughs> All right, well, let's start, and we can just go down the line. Josh, you're always the first. You're closest to me. Um, what is your biggest source of inspiration? My life experience is... <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you, Are you is, sure? Is your final that, answer? Are you walking uh, that in? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Just, like, living my day-to-day and thinking about the experiences that I've had, I, I think that's usually a lot of people's inspiration but it's my my inspiration cool i definitely think struggles in my life it's easy to channel those creatively Mm. and then artists that came before me there's so many that i draw inspiration from every time i play and sit down and do it sadness uh that usually is what triggers most of my inspiration sadness you know um so that's good he doesn't. <laughs> well, on that positive note, let's go on to the, uh, the next question. <laughs> oh, it's, it's funny. It's true, though. I don't know if it's funny, but it, Jordan is such a joy. If you've never been around him, it's have fun being sad. So, uh, okay. Do you have a favorite musical artist or a favorite album? I know this is a tough question. Mm. Just do your best. Favorite. I know it's like sometimes it's like, what am I in the mood for? I mean, that is the, yeah, that's the answer that I was going to say. It depends on how I'm feeling. But I mean, if I had to choose one right this second, it'd probably be the album Come Down Machine by The Strokes. Oh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, most people don't vote it as one of their top albums, but I see it as like what they've turned into. Oh, dude, it's a good album. That one's good. <laughs> it's good. It's red like my shirt. So. I love many of the songs that are on that, all of it, from start to finish. And it kind of takes you through a journey. They have, they have dance songs. They have serious songs, like everything. And that was like before The Voids. So then it was like you kind of see a glimpse into The Voids yeah. and where he was going with this stuff. Right. It's cool. Yeah. It's so tough. I knew this would be a hard one. (laughs) For musicians, like, what's your favorite song? Have fun with that. (laughs) At least album, like, we can at least have a conversation. Favorite song? Impossible to choose. I think I'm going to go Boston's first album. All right. Ah. All right, there it is. Classic, of course. Yeah. Um, Oh, goodness. Uh, I would probably also go with The Strokes. They're an all-time favorite band of mine. Um... I definitely have drawn inspiration from them, but I can always put them on and listen to them. Really, any album, any song, um, they are great. But if I had to choose my favorite album from them, as they are my favorite artist, probably Angles. Uh, has a lot of very, very interestingly written music on there. Very, very interesting vibes, and I think that they 
achieved a masterpiece of an album while all writing and recording their parts separately from each other. Um, the Strokes are kind of going through some turmoil at the time, and they all recorded and wrote separately and sent tracks in to be like worked by a producer, and that's how that album came to be, and I personally think it's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely one of their best. It's interesting that they don't like it. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they really <laughs> dislike it, and I assume it's because of the vibes surrounding how it was created, when it was created. Um, but, yeah, they, they made a masterpiece there. I agree with you. That's my favorite. Uh, and Come Down Machine. Both of those are. Yeah, I'm like pretty tired on the two. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They both have their, their moments. Um, all right. Last rapid fire question. And this is a fun one. Uh, how do you define success? I think it's all about relationships. Being able to communicate effectively and gathering people that support you and people that you can feel comfortable supporting. I think that as humans, like relationships are everything. That's why it's like so cool to connect with different people in the community and connect with fans and stuff. Cause that's like all the, the money and the cars and all that stuff. It's like a game of monopoly when you die. It's like none of that matters, but like the relationships that you built could keep, you know, somebody that you inspired or whatever could inspire somebody else. And it just keeps going and going. And I think that like that is what it means to be human. And so I think that to be a successful human is to like connect. But that's my, my definition. I love that. Yeah. I love that too. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was awesome. I think living well, whatever that means to you know, each person. How do I define success, happiness, and whatever that means to the individual? <laughs> Just being happy, man, that is, that's successful in itself, but to lead to have a life filled with happiness i think is probably the greatest payoff and whatever happiness means to you i mean that could mean so many different things but if you're happy i think that you're fulfilled and um successful in turn is your website as effective as it could be are you using it for more than just marketing and do you give it constant attention if not you're missing out your website should assist with your business operations from processes and procedures to client onboarding and tasks. Your website should work for you. It should be your best salesperson. Here at Name & Creative, we work with all of our clients strategically from the start. Don't miss out on all the opportunity that an effective website can provide. Schedule a free consultation with us today and discover how we can get you on the right track. Uh, I think at this point, I'd like to open the floor up, that microphone right there in the middle of the room, to the audience. So this is your chance to ask these guys a question. Okay, so every band, when they go on tour, go in, go like, they, they have like an insane experience at least once. What is each one of your experiences of being on, on the road? Ooh, goodness. Craziest the tour craziest. experience. Um, there has been a few. Um, this crazy. is pretty crazy. When we go on tour, how we generally uh, sleep is in a tent. Uh, that's how we usually like do it. It's like glamping, though, for the record. We cut down it's, costs. We have nice cots. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah. Um, yeah, so we usually camp uh, when we're on tour, you know, to stay close with each other and save a little bit of money. And it's easier to find places people yeah offer up their yards it's pretty cool yeah uh so that's pretty 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 crazy yeah some 
Yeah. What about you, John? I got a couple. I'm trying to think about which one. Do you have some of them? The babes. The babes. <laughs> um, the craziest thing that happened. It's hard to say the craziest. There's so many things. But the one that just sticks out in my mind was when we brought your brother along with us on tour. <laughs> to He came to a couple shows. And he just wanted to come along. And that dude is a wild card if you've ever <laughs> met him before. Dude, he just, like, one night just, like, disappeared for the whole night. He wasn't even at our show. He was supposed to record video. Didn't even come to the show. Met up with us later. May or may not have had a couple drinks. Was like, dude, I crashed a wedding. I kissed the bride's mom. Dude, it was crazy. He's like, and I got this whole handle of tequila or whatever he had. And he's like... Did he just steal that from the wedding? He's like, yeah. And then, like, he disappeared again. He's like, I'm not going to go back with you guys. And we're like, okay. But we're like, we're leaving at, like, 6 in the morning, dude, to make the next show. So, like, you need to be back. Didn't see him. Didn't see him. And then in the morning, he's just, like, passed out in the back of the van in the spot that I'm supposed to be in. <laughs> Whatever. But, yeah. And then he was just there, passed out. At least he was there. But it was – he's crazy. Um, Love you, Justin. We'd take him on <laughs> – I'd take him again. It was fun. <laughs> I did a tour once in a different band. Um, I wasn't even in the band. I used to just play guitar for other bands that needed someone to go on the road with them. And we had a show in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is about an hour north of Manhattan or so. And the next show, the next day, was in Atlanta. I wanted to kill the booking agent. <laughs> it was terrible. I but. We split the drive up into four-hour shifts. So I had the first shift from midnight to 4 a.m. And I stayed up from midnight to 4 and then with the singer from 4 to 8. And we were driving through these mountains in Pennsylvania. And the fog was so thick that we almost went off the side of the like cliff a couple times. And we were exhausted. And we were like, we can't even pull over because there's nowhere to go. We just had to like get out of it. And the other two guys were asleep in the back. And then when we, we get out of the mountains at 8 a.m. And we were like, wake up. <laughs> we're done. And then we, we barely make it. The van doesn't stop. We finally get to the gig. And uh, the venue got shut down. And we didn't get to play. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, my God. Oh, pretty crazy that is crazy yeah. hey how did the venue get shut down it was like um not a legit venue it was not legit <laughs> it was like a diy space and then they like didn't clear it with anybody and then the cops got called shout out to the booking agent right? yeah thanks for that <laughs> oh man dude we've gotten the cops called when house shows are fun but police don't like them yeah we've had a couple of our <laughs> shows also yeah. i played one of those yeah and those are fun People are literally right there. Dude, we had one recently, and it was, like, packed out for all the other bands. We were going on last, and then the cops came. We didn't even get to play. <laughs> like, we sold some merch. For the record, <laughs> shout out Tampa and St. Pete. People showed up for us, and we really wanted to play that night, and oh. the cops uh, did not let that happen. So I think there's a term for that. Blue balls. Oh, yes. oh. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. We were so stoked. Very and then true. it just got, the rug oh, got pulled up. Did you guys like crazy. have an emergency band practice the next day to that release? That doesn't do it. Let <laughs> off the steam. Yeah. Let off the steam. <laughs> there is no release. Oh, that sucks. There, there'd be nothing worse than like showing up and not being able to play. Cause you're looking so forward to those shows. That's like the epitome. Not ideal. No. 
Not ideal. Yeah. I think that's the only time that that's happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Hi. Um, what's your favorite show that you played, and what's your least favorite show that you played? Oh, interesting. Wow. For the record, all shows are cool. I agree. But the side that y'all don't see if you're coming out to our show is like how many times we practiced, how long it took to take the pack up the gear, put it in the van, rent the U-Haul, all that crap, and then drive it over, unload, and then we play for you for like 20 or 30 minutes. Sweet. And then we do all of it again. So like, think think about that. And then we played a show where we went to a venue where, like, I'm not even exaggerating. It was, like, five people. Like, less than this. And, oh, yeah. like, we were just, like, all right. Is this Miami? the Miami? Oh. Well, there's also that one that had no people. It's in my background. I keep it as my background because there's just lights and fog and not even Literally a not there. even one we person dro- was there. all the way to Miami. Zero people. It was like a Halloween festival, and we came on at like six, and nobody was there. They screwed us out of town, Bam. Why would you put us on so early? Why would you start it so early? So that was my, yeah. But I still have jerk cut. That one, <laughs> that one was fun. So Miami was still fun because we like we ended up making a whole thing out of it. We had other shows. I don't know, but the one that we played here, like where it's in Tampa somewhere, at this like Jamaican food place, the and then jerk, <laughs> the jerk cut, and then this like that's the one I was originally talking about. It just like for whatever reason hit me in the gut. Like, oh, this sucks, man. Like, <laughs> why are we even here? Like, there's nobody here that cares. It's like we're playing for the other bands. Cool. Like, I don't yeah, know. It wasn't and then great. My favorite show. Hmm. Favorite show that where I felt the most stoked. Really quick, while you're thinking of that. Yeah. I had a bad show where five people came, and my wife was one of them. And one guy had the gall to come down during our sound check and goes, why aren't you guys playing? And we go, we're, we're sound checking. We're about to play. He goes, but play. And we're like, we need to sound check, and then we're going to play. And he just dipped and never came back. This dude in a suit, I was like, you, sir. I don't like you, sir. <laughs> that was the record label that was going to try and sign you yeah, guys. Right. <laughs> My moment. Why did we just, just start playing? I came All here right. to see you play, man. You're not playing. I'm out. <laughs> and really, in the grand scheme of it, we should probably should have just started playing because the sound check didn't matter. It's like for five people. Hey, we got a sixth. Great. <laughs> yeah, I think probably we opened for this pretty big band called Tops. And it was like our first like really really legit show and it was like oh, the feeling was just so cool like and then they came up to us afterwards and the lead singer was totally into some of our songs and totally named them and was like keep playing stuff like that you sound like blah blah and it was just like all right like this is cool like we're not and then it was packed out obviously and it was like i don't know it was cool that was the coolest one i couldn't agree with you more because i was your drummer for that and that was super cool because they were touring from canada and I looked up their music, and I was like, these guys are awesome. I dig this music. And then, and then I kind of geeked out because they were, like, unloading, and I was like, whoa, there they are. <laughs> and it was cool because it was only us and them. There was no yeah. other acts. It was just, yeah. Um, my favorite show. So I have two favorites. Uh, one would either be when we opened for the Plain White Tees. That was very cool. Um, for anybody that doesn't know who the Plain White Tees are, you've probably heard the song Hey There, Delilah before on the radio. That's them. 
Um, so we opened for them and that was an awesome experience. Really great time. And now we have a lasting friendship with the lead singer. Oh yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe a collab to come <laughs> calling it out now. Shout out. <laughs> Shout, Shout out, out Tom. Tom Higginson. Yeah. <laughs> You're putting it out there. Yeah. Um, another one of my favorite shows, uh, we opened for a band called sloth rust at the Orpheum. Mm. That show was awesome. Um, you were really, sick. Great turnout. We uh, retained a lot of new fans from that. And I was so, so sick. So sick. Played the show. Probably one of our best performances that we've done. Unfortunately, some fans in the front eh, might have gotten sick. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, we don't know. We don't have the doubt. It, it, was, a, it was a great it's show. Rock. Yeah. It's rock and Come roll. On. You're going to get some spit on you. Um, yeah, so those two are probably my favorites. My least favorite is gotta be the, uh, Miami show. That was a lot of work and a lot of preparation. And we were on like a short tour run, if I recall correctly. And then to show up in Miami for one of our first Miami shows and quite literally nobody was there. It was actually uh, our second Miami show. The first one was crazy. KirbyCon. Oh, insane. yeah. Okay, good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, KirbyCon, yeah, that was an insane show. Was it a conference about the game Kirby? <laughs> it was like an anime It was an anime convention sort thing. of thing. Awesome. It was... It was nuts. At a crazy it, venue. It was completely So it's packed. like a really big awesome. venue that they like way overpacked fire hazard wise. Like, no, like I've never been in a building like oh, that dangerous. where there's one exit and we are like packed in like sardines on all three floors and like you couldn't run out if you wanted to. Uh, it, it was like <laughs> very, very <laughs> dangerous. Like, if you're claustrophobic, you're screwed. We were on the stage and behind the stage, so it was fine. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but like out there, we did go out in the audience a little bit. It was wild. That's rock. I can say that my wife was in the audience for the uh, Miami show, though. So she a, was the one. Yeah, she was dressed as a Teletubby. <laughs> it was pretty sweet. That's, yeah. So we had one Teletubby in the audience. And, uh, we had two Teletubbies in the audience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had two. And we they knew had both rid- of them. ridden yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Doesn't count. But <laughs> we didn't know it at the time. We actually thought there was two fans. Like going crazy and Teletubby costumes, you're like, all right, this is kind of cool. And then we found out it was them. Found out later. And then we, <laughs> found unfortunately, out they didn't like that as much. Our reaction to it being them, we were just like, oh, we thought it was somebody real. And then they're like, what? <laughs> we dressed up for you. Like, oh, yeah, thanks. You don't realize that it was empty and what that feels like. Uh, <laughs> <clears throat> all the smoke and all the lights and the room wasn't small. And then just to have nobody in there I was like, okay, well. We're going to uh, practice up here to ourselves. <laughs> this is going to be a crazy yeah, we, rehearsal. We did look at yeah. each other. We're just like, let's rip it like practice. I mean, and, and we did. It was cool. It was we a good did set. rip it. Yeah. We it should it interject fun. with that video that we took of us on stage right as we're before we're about to play. We should throw that in there because it's really funny. Oh, okay. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I have it somewhere. The one from Miami? Yeah. yeah. You yeah. have a video? We did. Uh, yeah, I've got phone. it somewhere. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I do remember that. But that's why I keep it as the background on my screen. I mean, it looks cool with the lights and stuff, but, like, just, like... Keeps you yeah, humble. It's the yeah, lowest we're ever going to be, hopefully. So. <laughs> that's cool. That's actually really interesting. That's, most people have, like, the opposite of that as their background. Like, you would think plain white tees, and because and, I was at that show. That was awesome. And I've never oh, seen your logo. Oh, yeah, that is a cool background. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> yeah. How about you, John? I'm going to do a different worst show. With this band, that is the worst one. But I have another one with another. This is another tour I was doing. And we played at this place 
called Drunk Horse Pub in Fayetteville, North Carolina. And it was like, it was definitely a strip club at some point, and it still was, but they would randomly have metal shows there. And it was just in a really weird place. Obviously didn't know this going there. You just show up and then you're there. And there was a, a convenience store right across the street. And I was walking and, you know, to get, you know, whatever, a drink of something. And I'm coming back. And then as I'm leaving, somebody comes in with a shotgun and stands up the convenience store. And this was like 5 p.m., 4 p.m. Like no one's at the venue. What the hell, and I man? just like watched it happen as I'm walking away. And I was like, that's that's not good. We, I still have to be here for another 10 hours. <laughs> like, oh, so we stayed and we finished the show and the cops were all there. And then I wasn't going to engage with them at all. So Fair. I just pretended like I never saw that. And then I played another show there again. <laughs> you didn't learn your lesson? You, he oh. couldn't get enough. He had to go back. <laughs> it's like watching oh. cops. You're like, ah. John, if you've learned anything from him, he's into the pain. <laughs> and so he just keeps coming back for the more. You know? I, feel like, I feel like I've heard a saying before: "No pain, no gain," or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. You take it literally. Yeah. yeah, that was that was scary. One of the best ones, the best shows ever was. I'm gonna make it kind of two of them because I think they're really related. The two times we played in Jacksonville, the first Kona show, and then the follow-up. The first one was really cool. We played at the skate park and. Just, you know, there's kids skating, everyone's having a good time. And they all came in and there was just a really cool connection. And Some skate park. Yeah. It's Tony Hawk Pro Skate. It's in the game. It's like the biggest, <laughs> oldest <laughs> skate park in the U.S. If, if you've like, played cool skate park. Tony Hawk Pro Skater, you've seen the venue that we played at, actually. Um, which is cool, pretty sweet. Cool place. And there's this girl there that was, like, super into it oh, and oh my she gosh. was like yeah, like i want one of you from the shout band out abby yep, yeah to to draw <laughs> on my arm and i'm gonna get it tattooed and so he writes me <laughs> so large no <laughs> it was huge no. it was half her forearm no. and it's a good tour story and it says tiger cult and we were like okay yeah you're gonna get it tattooed i hope you don't actually that's a really bad design <laughs> She comes to the next show and she has it tattooed on her arm. Tatted. Oh. <laughs> Huge tattoo. With pictures of her getting the tattoo and everything. Um, yeah. That, that was one of the coolest the things I've ever seen. Yeah, she had other cool tattoos, so. That's we dedication. Did, yeah. And the, the Tiger Cult is a thing. So, like, if you want to join, just hit us up. All we need is your soul. <laughs> <laughs> They've got mine for life. So it's I not really that much to ask for. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Come on. What else you guys got? Yeah. Fun. So I saw Boston open in New York, which was awesome. That was oh. awesome. That was amazing. Still, still remember it. So you mentioned going crazy. David Lee Roth, Van Halen, did going crazy. I think it was the producer that walked in, and they started ranking on him, and they made it part of the song. So my question to you guys is, you mentioned about practicing the song. My son's a musician, so I know what you guys go through. Did you ever actually get into the studio or do it live and all of a sudden the song took something original by either feeding off the audience or feeding off each other and you said hey that's really good and you and we have to go back to the studio and rework the song hmm. we've done lots question. of like we'll play a song that we've written together in a room for the first few times and then you know we're doing it and then 
time 20 comes around, time 30, time 40, and each time people will experiment. So in that sense, yes, but we, we haven't, we're not really the type of band that like gets in a room all together and then tries writing it, something together in the room. Uh, we're more like Jordan is bringing his ideas and then we're working on it together. There's a little bit more like planning. I've done it that way. I think this way works better. I think you generally get more consistent progress, um, but playing it together in a room, there's something special about it too, especially Jordan's like vocal parts. He'll change the vocal melody based on how it feels when you're singing it with the group. Mm. And some of the coolest melodies that we have, I think, mm. have come from taking what you thought was awesome and then improving, and then you end up with something awesome. More like awesome. even the song like Mr. Big Shot or Catfish Motel, um, we wrote those uh, with our buddy Austin Coop. He helped produce those, and he's obviously got his influence too. So when we were we were all in the room together, we brought the demo that we had already worked out. But then we go in there, and then he has some weird idea, and then or like he had the song stuck in his head, and he came with a weird idea, and then we end up changing everything. But like there's even like one of the key parts that's not even my part where he was just like ripping something on the keys and we're like holy crap dude we're using that like out of nowhere it's like yeah let me have the keyboard for a second and so it's just like and then also though like as far as coming up with something then if, if it's already been recorded i'm like a believer that like unless I, I guess i'm open to it changing but like it's kind of like a a snapshot in time you know like the song is always going to keep changing we're never going to play it again the way we're going to play it tonight it's never going to be played like that ever again every show it's completely different so the day that we decided to record it or the days is also the same thing like it's never going to be that ever again it's just a snapshot of the song and you kind of got to let go and just keep moving on but sometimes maybe there's some kind of idea where it's like well we haven't released this song we've already recorded it but we got to change that part i'm totally open to it but i don't think it's happened yet. I, I kind of feel like we've adapted that way of thinking after seeing Harvard in Atlanta a while ago. Yeah, there's a band that literally said what I just said and it inspired me. Shout out Jesse from Jesse. Harvard. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah. But he's the shout out king. Oh yeah, shout out Austin Coop. We mentioned you just a couple minutes ago. <laughs> there it is. I just, I have short people problems, so that's why I wanted to make sure I'm not walking up to the mic. Obviously, the career path you guys have chosen has a certain kind of lifestyle choices that you have to make. Um, what have you seen have been worth the trade-offs, and what is it that you wake up and you're like, this is not worth it? Best and worst parts about this life. Mm. Okay. Um, some of the biggest payoffs to doing something which was kind of mentioned earlier you put so much time so much effort so much passion and you don't really see a lot of return but some of the return that you do get are diehard fans that genuinely connect with your music and connect with the band and that truly does mean everything that's probably the greatest thing to be able to wake up and experience going to a show and seeing people genuinely wearing your merch and excited to be there and experience the tiger cult live with us it's it's really special i think that's probably the the coolest part for me um the hardest part is putting in so much effort so much effort all the time and you really don't see much return um from social media to putting out songs to 
numbers on everything um, doesn't always reflect the hard work and the dedication that you actually put into your craft. But those little things are what makes it all worth it and what keeps the, uh, keeps the drive alive. So. For the record, we are not a professional band as far as that being our only source of income. And so that is kind of a struggle. Not yet. Um, like we, all three of us, I mean, everybody in the band has a full-time job. Luckily, you know, we can work remotely in our job. So it works well with touring and stuff. So we can still get paid and be on the road. But um, yeah, that's a struggle for me is like, I just want to be an artist and like do stuff like this and write music and wake up whenever I want. When I'm feeling creative, do whatever I want. But that's not the reality of the situation. I got to get up and go to business meetings and well, they're all virtual, but I still... I'm in boxers and this shirt, but like, you know, but like, but like business meetings, but like, um, that is the biggest struggle for me. Just not being able to like, just like you were saying before, like you just want to write songs and even just within the band. Um, and then, yeah. And then also, um, it's so much work and like, it's cool to do stuff like this, but we, we haven't like made it to a point where this can be our income. And like I read a really interesting book where it's like the lucky few are able to do the thing that they enjoy most in life and get paid for it. But like most people live a life of like you've got your income source and like you got to put in a lot of time to that. But you've got to give yourself enough time to also do the things you enjoy. So even if this doesn't work out and that's our you know, they match up, it's like we've all been lucky enough to like come up with some kind of job where we can have the income coming in and we can pursue our passion. And like, when we look back on this moment, like I was saying before, like it's pretty badass to just be able to do this. Um, but it would be even cooler if we were just traveling the world and didn't have to worry about all this other stuff. You know? um, that would be tough in itself, traveling all the time and go, 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 go. But we'll see. What's your favorite part? The f- my favorite part of this lifestyle is like being able to be genuine and like artistic, man. Like, I think we consume so ma- many things all day, all the social media, all this food, all this stuff, and like we don't put out enough in the world. So it's cool to just like produce some stuff, you know, create. Name and create. Shout out! Thanks for that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I think. The hardest part is balance. Um, it's really hard to have a full-time job and a partner and family and friends and mowing your lawn and doing your dishes and band stuff. Like it just it takes up so much time. And there's a lot of people here that are entrepreneurs, and that's kind of it's it's similar to that. I think that you know you have your your day your day job, whatever that may be, and that stuff follows you everywhere you know you go it can consume your life a lot and you can very very easily neglect other important parts of your life trying to pursue something like this um and it's consistent uh you know we, we i think we all regularly put in 20 to 30 hours a week into yeah, the band at least, at least. Yeah. like it's a it's a lot when you add on 40 hours for your day job that's definitely the hardest part. It's easy to lose sight of it or like I'm like neglect your day job for a, a little bit. Like you're not doing as well as you could there because you need to focus on other things and vice versa with the band. Like sometimes you can't prioritize the band, but that it hurts your, your brothers. You can't do that either. So that's the hardest part. Um, I don't even mind camping. Like 
or going to shows and not getting to play and like living on the road and that stuff can weigh on you but i i like love it enough that it doesn't matter um in fact that that can be some of my favorite times is being on the road and you just don't have the same responsibilities other than like you got to get to the show and you got to play and then you got to go home and then you got to do it again that is one of the best parts i second that i love being on the road it's so much fun it's like a tangible thing when you're on the road it's like that's the full experience you're not just driving 20 minutes it's as real as it gets yeah you're going somewhere else and taking your music into a new realm and letting other people experience that that otherwise wouldn't have how cool is that i would like to say one more thing i think that a huge positive to this is the ability to be very vulnerable in front of different groups of people and the fulfilling things that that come from just being that vulnerable with new people um yeah I think uh, it's a beautiful thing. It's all about the connection, baby. Mm-hmm. The relationships. Oh, yeah. boy. We came full, full circle. Full circle. Yeah, <laughs> full circle. Wow. I got a new worst thing. Late on me. <laughs> Venue bathrooms. Oof. Horrible. What about gas station bathrooms? Also horrible. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> we have some stories. <laughs> we regularly rate them. So, like, whoever goes in first will come out and be like, two out of ten. So many are hit and so many are poor that we've had to start keeping track. You'd be yeah. surprised what you find in these bathrooms. Man. <laughs> it's really bad. Yeah. And that's your only one. <laughs> yeah. You that's don't have what another you get. option. No, that's what you get. You either. Yeah. yeah. Until we get, like, a, like a band web. On the very first tour... Uh, not first with Adam. He uh, <laughs> he bought like uh, piss jugs, <laughs> like for truckers. Like they Portable actually use them. Urine sacks for we didn't, each member. Only yeah. Max used it. The rest we returned the other ones. But um, <laughs> it oh. turns out it was easy enough to just not use them and use the bathrooms along the way. So before you guys go into your beautiful music, every band has that song that every time you go into a live concert, you must play that song. In your case, what would be that song? If each of you have your own individual one, just share it with us. A must play live song. <laughs> I wish we had a huge hit that we were required to play. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, me too. Getting there. Me too. Um, I mean, right off the top of my head, I have to say Shapes. That tends to come back to every single live show that we play. Yeah, except today. But um, (laughs) generally, um, yeah, there's something about that song where it's weird. It's completely different than what our other music usually is like. And I think the audience in almost every situation that we've played it responds weirdly well to it. (laughs) Even though it's completely different and very... Strange. Maybe that's why. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a so great song. That's a song that pretty much makes every set. And have fun listening to that song and not bobbing your head or moving to it. And I think that it gets people moving no matter what. Yeah, like for the record, not. the reason why we didn't play tonight is because it's got the bass and drums that you have. To it needs the rhythm. That. Yeah, it's yeah. It's true. Yeah. Um, I'd say that one always gets put in a set. Um, I think our new song that we're working on is going to become one of those songs too. It's another dancey song. It's just like, I think everybody's going to love it. We've never played it live. If you come to the show on Sunday, or you stick around, there will be a version today. There'll be a version. How about you, John? You care to weigh in? I think that like historically, that is one of the ones that's been most consistent. 
Shapes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that goes down to my, my time. And I loved playing that song. Oh, it's been around for a minute. No, I think it pretty much always makes it in. Even if we choose like a rock set, it still is in there somewhere. And it fits just fine. Gets people going. So that's why, yeah, it's dynamic. I really hope um, Mr. Big Shot like makes most sets. I'm really proud of that song. I think it's a good one. He rips. It's the solo. It's the solo. He he needs it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness well um thank you all for your questions it's time where we can enjoy this the songs like we got this build up and i think there's something special now you all got to see under the hood and now we're gonna actually turn the engine on strip down you know but uh no pressure. it's gonna be awesome no pressure <laughs> at all really but don't mess up okay so I just wanted to say thank you again for everybody that came out tonight. This is really awesome, and uh, yeah, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much for sharing tonight with us. Uh, with that being said, this first song is called Catfish Motel. You don't understand You're so fed But you never I need you
yourself for the Thank you. Thank you. Um, this next song is about loving yourself, and sometimes that's hard to do, but you got to do it. So this song is about loving yourself. It is called Love 40. She's got business cards. <laughs> <laughs> I got business cards. <laughs> You gotta try to brush it off Like you don't care And then you gotta move on To anywhere oh, That you go But you gotta believe this They never mean it You never see it You know it's true and you gotta believe this That when they see it It's still as easy As picking you And you don't say The things you really wanna do Why stop now? It's me and you Well they don't play So let's just do it over In a brand new way Say it's alright So it's okay well, I'm not anyway, whoa. You gotta try to brush it off Like you don't care And then you gotta move on To anywhere, oh, oh you go but you gotta believe this they never mean it you never see it you know it's true and you gotta believe this that when they see it it's still as easy as picking you and you don't say the things you really want to do why stop now if it is only me and you you don't say the things you really want to do why stop now it's me and you well they don't play so let's just do it over in a brand new way say it's all right so it's okay well i'm down you gotta turn around shape it all up now it's over and done you don't know what you're really missing Um, this next song is the newest song that we put out, most recent. This one's called uh, Mr. Big Shot, and it's about sometimes you get too big for your britches, you know? You got to learn how to dial it back a little bit, learn more about yourself. So this one is called Mr. Big Shot. <clears throat>
This last one is real special because we've never played it live before, so who knows how it's going to go. It's called Ghosts, and this is the stripped-down version. It's about change. It's about ghosts. You know. Past versions of yourself. A ghost of yourself, if you will. If you, if you will, yeah. Help me unpack parts of my they take me back Ooh, Dust on the ground Go 
Mostly songs repaint this town Ooh, And life's not fair It's in the air Floats by like ghosts We're on our own I can't be found, not anymore I know for sure the clock is telling lies My time has come It's never gonna be the way it was before Always wanna see you walking through the door But we flow by like ghosts We're on our own Yeah. <laughs>